Radical, episode 161. Welcome to Radical, ladies and gents. I'm your host, Shane Hazel. Thank you guys for tuning in. Today is Thursday. It's a Thursday morning, and uh, I was like, man, I got to get a, sh- I got to get two shows out this week, and I haven't done one yet. Uh, thank you for your patience. I'm all over the place in terms of schedule right now. Um, I had some uh, some leave I had to burn up and thought, you know, the end of October is a good week in Georgia, uh, a lot of times to get a lot of stuff done. So I've been working around the the homestead up here on the mountain and Mount Liberty um, up here in the thriving metropolis of Waleska, Georgia. And, and I'm going to put this out there. If you love Liberty and you're looking for a place, I invite you, like, come up to Waleska, Georgia. Take a look at it. It's not that far away from civilization, um, but at the same time, it is one of those places that will never it can't be just by um, just by geographical undulation and terrain can't be uh, densely populated. So it's going to be one of those very wild places, um, you know, very close to uh, the Cherokee National Forest up here and, and all that kind of stuff. If you're looking at this and this is, you know, this is my crowd. This is you're the type of people that I want around me when things go down and things change right like if we can find each other we can create these pockets um and and work together i mean uh i am i'm all for people knowing uh maybe not the exact location yet um especially in in public space but the the little town of waleska here in north georgia is um it's home to reinhardt university it's where i'm homesteading it's where you've got a lot of people uh, that are, you know, really doing some cool things. And I mean, I'm learning so much, guys. Like, I most of this week I've been going out and, and just getting after it. Uh, we've got the uh, the above garden, uh, above ground garden beds um, completed. Uh, I've got to get up the electric fence and all that fun stuff to keep the deer and the bear and the bobcats and the pigs and everything else out of it. And, um, you know, like it's, it's been, it's been a a heck of a learning experience. I was mentioning to you guys that I was doing like Hugo culture with this kind of thing. So, you know, getting the, the, the logs and everything in there, um, about a foot deep before, um, you know, you get the, you know, the, the really good, uh, soil in there. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of very, I don't know, gratifying back, back breaking work. And I've, I've said it. Um, I think I said it on my last show for the first time is independence is a verb. You got to earn it. Like independence is one of those things where if you can be independent, what are people going to do? Like, what, what are they going to do? That's why people don't screw around with the Amish, right? Like the Amish have defied, you know, civilization. I, I'm, I'm not going to say that, you know, you can't incorporate modern technology. Use modern technology, right? Use as much modern technology to get yourself as independent as possible. It doesn't mean you're always going to like using modern technology doesn't mean you're going to be connected to the Internet. It's taking, you know, 20 you know, 2021 technology and applying it to things from our past, like providing uh, food, providing electricity, providing water, providing, you know, all these things like, and, and that's a, oh man, I tell you what, I, sh- I should have just done this show about, um, about homesteading. Maybe I'll do the next show uh, later today or early tomorrow morning on this because uh, I'm taking those days off. So maybe I'll get into that more then, but I just kind of wanted to bring you guys up to speed on what's been going on. I also got news on the Helios initiative. Some of you guys have seen it online. Huge, huge first step and second steps now where we've got other people adopting it and taking it and pushing it. And that's my next show. 
is going to be homesteading, applying technology, and the Helios Initiative. Uh, this show is about comedy and Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle. And I think kind of I was having a conversation with my kids um, about all of this the other day because, you know, they see stuff. We talk about stuff as a family. And I really don't shield my kids from conversations. Like I look at it as a challenge to be able to explain to them what's going on in the world um, in kind of a PG-13 kind of way, right? Like, you know, I don't get into everything that is always adult-centric, right? Like there are some things in terms of innocence that I really want to preserve in my children. But in terms of explaining the world to them and how it works, even as, you know, seven, eight, and a 10-year-old, and I I relish those opportunities, right? And there are some times where I maybe get very long-winded with them, Um in terms of building a backstory and explaining to them history, like we, I mean, we've got to travel almost an hour, um, yeah, 30, 40 minutes to jujitsu, right? And that's a, that's a, at least two, three, four time a week kind of adventure for us. So, um, been trying to make it a point to, to be with them in the, you know, to, to get them there and to, to do all these kind of things and explaining it to them. Um, we had a moment where we were talking about, uh, Dave Chappelle and what was going on, but not so much in a matter of what Dave is talking about, but what the important, what the real takeaway lesson is. And that's what I wanted to do today. But before we get into all that, the admin stuff, if you love the show, I need reviews, go out there and leave a review on Apple. And I ask you guys this out of sincerity. I, we need reviews. Like this is what helps us rank up in the algorithm. So if you got a, you know, a short pithy review or even a great review, you want to leave uh, Apple podcast, five stars. I will read it here. Um, and really, really trying to, to to beat this algorithm. So thank you guys who have done that. And I hope the rest of you guys that have listened to a number of shows will go out there and do me the favor of doing that. If you want to support the show, you love what I'm doing here, uh, you can go out to patreon.com slash radical pod. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar. And thank you to everybody who has already done that. Uh, I really appreciate that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm looking at trying to bring on sponsors here. Uh, if you guys want to be a sponsor and you want to contact me, um, I'm here's the thing is I'm going to be selective. I'm going to be selective in the, this for my audience, because I, you know, this audience deserves the best in terms of uh, products or services. And that's incumbent upon me not to promote things that I maybe don't think is the best. And um, I've had some people offer me some, you know, free stuff, you know, for, for spots on the show. And, you know, I, I don't know, I like sometimes, yes, I, I will, I will be happy to do free plugs and, and things like that. And, um, but I, I've been trying to work this out in my head before I kind of commit to kind of get a, a ground rule so that if the, the right people come out there, I can present people, Hey, this is, this is what I will do. And this is what I will not do. So, um, still working a little bit of that out just so that when it is, here it's perfect for you guys um and lastly um well lastly maybe uh radicalpod.com uh there is a whole bunch going on up there uh the helios initiative is up it is launched there are the first four proclamations i'm working on some other things to take to your sheriffs and mayors um and i'm going to start addressing some larger organizations out there that have been doing some really great things I just think in the wrong branch of government uh, with the Helios Initiative. So um, I'm trying to 
trying to work some things in the background to grow this thing super fast and get legs under it where you can start to see this thing just catch fire. Um, and I'm, I'm super excited about that. There's also some gear up there. Uh, there's some uh, Radical Pod t-shirts. There is the Murder Cult in the Murray Rothbard Tax This Dick t-shirt. I know. I know. It's good. I'm a little bit saucy on the show. I, I throw it out there. Um, but I think that's what I think that's what this time in you know this this time needs. I think it needs people who are challenging narratives, who are defying what's coming out of the government and their propaganda, and all these woke ass people who are just I don't know. I mean, it's hurt feelings all the time. That's what I get to with you know this this show is you know comedy. I think is what could save America. I think the great great comedians are going to do a giant service in American history because, you know, for the, for one of the first times in history, right? Like, you know, we codified and I say codified, we at least enumerated the right to speak, the right of your tongue, the right of your conscience to say whatever the fuck you want to say. And I don't give a shit about what your feelings are on the matter. Like you have a right. I don't care. You know, if you're, you know, if you're preaching, you know, killing puppies like Dr. Fauci, right? Like if that's his thing, that's his thing. And he has at least the conscience and the right to say it. Is he going to publicly? No, because he's scared. What I appreciate about comedians is in the face of fear in comedy, they take giant, giant risk. And with that also comes giant reward. The, Ability to not cancel somebody with this woke ass cancel culture is the reward. And you look at the greats. I mean, you look at, you know, Joe Rogan and you look at Dave Chappelle and guys like Bill Burr. I mean, some absolute giants in terms of comedy. And I mean, even in our own movement, you know, Dave, uh, Dave Smith, like these guys go up there and drop bombs and make people think they they get their ideas from in here in a fun and i don't know exciting way right to 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 a, a populace and a lot of people don't like that a lot of people think that speech should be curtailed that speech should be um absolutely pushed down and and algorithmed out and and suspended and deplatformed and depersoned if it's the wrong speech. And that's the problem is when we look at this, it's not, it's not that they really, really, really care um, about speech. It's that they want their message and their message only, which is a just first and foremost, a direct admission that your message sucks. Your message when you're using force or coercion or algorithms or popular opinion right to deplatform people to de- I, mean, I I d- don't understand it I will never ever 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 understand people that are afraid of other people's speech unless unless it is the admission that you want power you want power over other people's lives you want power over what they're saying what they're doing their conscience you want them afraid to say things and that has always been 
the state that has always been the 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 evil, the enemy, the, the people that can't compete in the free market of ideas. And I mean, I mean, we say that a lot. We say the free market of ideas. If you can't compete in the free market ideas, you're mentally bankrupt, right? Like you, you really, you don't have much to add to, to society. You're sitting there going, well, I feel a certain way, but I really haven't thought this through. And I, you know, I, I will take a step back from that and say, listen, I, I used to be really bad at being empathetic, really, really, really bad, but I'm not anymore, right? Like I, I've, I've, re, I've recaptured my empathy and I know what it's like to struggle in this world. I know what it's like to fight with yourself, to fight with your own demons, to fight with things that you wish were different in your own life. I understand. And I also understand being critiqued. God's sakes, if you don't have enemies and you're in this podcast space, especially in the liberty movement for you're doing you're not doing anything good i don't think i mean if you're if you're taking the fire and you're taking the heat and you've got haters and people that you just have to absolutely block on twitter right like for for harassing you and calling you things and you know doxing you know where you live and work and all that other kind of stuff like i get it i get that it is a tough tough world I teach my kids about this kind of stuff all the time but in terms of people who are comedians, people who are podcasters, and I, I want all of these things because there's a lot of overlap, right? There's a lot of great comics who have podcasts who do extremely well. I mean, look around. I mean, Joe Rogan is probably the best podcaster in in history, and I'd say probably he is. And you've got you know guys like Bill Burr who've got very successful podcasts, Burt Kreischer, um, you know some some great comedians and. You know, their their podcast ring true on certain chords, and then sometimes they fall flat on things, right? Um, and I and I'll I guess maybe get into the to that too, uh, because I've been consuming a lot of comedy. I really like at night, I like to unwind. I don't like to see like too too many things that are too serious. It's just part of how I, you know, create the space, right? What what they call an OODA loop, you know, that space between your ears where that's your fortress. Um, your fortress is, you know, your your mindset, your brain, and like to allow anybody into that. I think you do yourself a giant disservice. And so, how I protect mine is trying to keep it healthy and trying to look at the positives and 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 really see things from other people's you know angles and 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 use some empathy and use some comedy and and not not take this tragic comedy of life too seriously a lot of people and that's the problem right there's a lot of people just think that this is a tragedy that we're living through a lot of us see it as a tragic comedy we see the best we see the brightest we can laugh at our shortcomings and our failures and that's where the i think the giant divergence is is we've got all these people who were never criticized enough as as children right and i'm not saying like in a bad way like i Obviously, this rests on parents now. It rests on parents, you know, that have come before us. Where it doesn't rest is with the children. And a lot of times that's who pays. And we'll get into that a little bit too. But I, I want to circle back. I talked about um, Joe Rogan last week um, because of the whole CNN, Sanjay Gupta thing. 
but he also has recently had Michael Malice on the show. If you're not familiar with Michael Malice, Michael Malice is an anarchist. Um, much in my vein, he is a giant troll on Twitter. And he's really just a, a, a giant troll. And I mean that with the most, um, I don't know, sincerity and love that I possibly can. Um, I, I His work is, I mean, some of the, the most top-notch stuff that you will ever read, consume, watch. It is it's fantastic. And the, the, the article I'm about to leave or read here leaves out, uh, Michael. And I, I think it does a, a big disservice to Michael on this, but, um, after the, the fallout of the Sanjay Gupta, uh, interview with Joe Rogan, um, CNN just, I mean, they couldn't wait to get Sanjay back on and to start having him recount, you know, in their vein, what his experience was and what was said to do all sorts of damage control. Because let's face it, I'm pretty sure that more people watch the Joe Rogan experience than all of CNN all the time, right? Like one episode of Joe Rogan probably accounts for the entire viewership and then some of the entire day at CNN. Now, I'm not sure, but I will tell you his audience Oh, it eclipses and not just like a little eclipses, like tenfold most of the people who are on CNN. And that's not by accident, right? Like, you know, the only people that are really kind of, I don't know, advertising Joe Rogan are Spotify and Joe Rogan and his audience. Who's advertising CNN? Well, let's let's first and foremost make sure that we understand that CNN is owned by Vanguard. It's owned by Blackstone and it's owned by State Street, right? Like these organizations, uh, they own, I mean, billions and billions and billions of dollars of stock in these companies. And it's crazy. Like it's it's nuts. Like these guys own everybody. You can go and find all this kind of stuff. If you go to Yahoo and you look at <clears throat> the, um, you can search the uh, the the pull ups is uh, Yahoo Finance and you search um, the down below what the the listing is on the stock exchange and then you can go in to see who owns um, the most of this publicly traded stock. It's everywhere. And the thing is, is Vanguard and Blackstone and or BlackRock and um, um, Vanguard or uh, State Street they all show up every time and I mean overwhelmingly show up. So let's let's not mistake like. These are your international murder cult assholes, right? Like these are the people that print money out of thin air and can direct that money to state-sponsored propaganda like CNN, like Fox News, and they own them all. They own every, like almost damn near every major, major news network, every major entertainment network, every major published network, like they own it all. So the damage control that's being done and the division that they're they're sowing right now is absolutely exactly by design. Make no mistake. So I wanted to get into what happened when Malice was on the show because Don Lemon from CNN and I don't know, I think her name is Rachel something, not Rachel Maddow. And I could be wrong. So don't quote me on her. But, you know, these these 
pre-programmed robotic answers doing damage control, spinning the narrative to their their own, I don't know, I don't know, creating their own reality at this point. I mean, it, it's, it's sick. It's insane. Um, this one I took from um, Fox News because it gets into a point, especially at the end, that I really wanted to cover. And I think um, it, it's, it's going to make a good point. But uh, Joe Rogan called CNN's Don Lemon a dumb motherfucker for doubling down on horse dewormer narrative. And then, and he's absolutely right. I mean, Don Lemon is not smart. He is a dumb motherfucker. And I say that from the bottom of my heart. He knows he's lying. They know they're lying. They know that they're twisting. They know that they're manipulating. They know that their ideas in the marketplace of ideas, if they told the truth, don't stand a chance in hell. It's crazy. Podcast giant Joe Rogan held no punching towards CNN's Don Lemon after the anchor doubled down on his network's horse dewormer narrative. Last week, Rogan accused CNN of lying, which is true, about his use of ivermectin during his recovery of COVID as the network repeatedly described the treatment as a horse dewormer and a livestock drug despite its human form uh, being prescribed to him by a doctor. And that's the thing is like, Nobody was ever arguing that it's not like CNN never, ever, ever has ever talked about it being a drug for humans. All they've ever talked about, all they've ever said is it's this. It's a horse dewormer. It's used on lives, livestock. They've never gone out and done big stories on ivermectin. The, the mention of it has always been chastised it has been ridiculed it has been pushed off and that's because the same people the i don't black rock blackstone the vanguard group and state street guess who is the number one financier of pfizer of moderna of all these organizations that are pushing the shot right now it's the same guys it's the same guys that are doing all of this. So if they're paying and they have stock in these, you know, pharmaceutical companies and they own the propaganda and they own, I don't know, probably the politicians for the most part, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to do the same thing over and over and over. And they're also going to use this to divide people. So they have never, ever described this any other way, not even remotely as a human drug in the billions of prescriptions that has been used safely for, I don't know, 40, 50 years now, they've never described it that way. They've never described it as this is an option, right? Like some people are turning to this option and some people are actually having some really good success. No, they called it a horse dewormer to try to discredit Joe Rogan. And they have a viewership, maybe one tenth, maybe one tenth the size of Joe Rogan's audience. How do you think that's going to work out? You fucking idiots. My God. Is it going to maybe get you some more press? Uh, it's going to get you some more negative press. And I guess press is press, right? Um, I don't know. Let's go on with this. Following Rogan's tense podcast, sit down with CNN chief medical correspondent, Sanjay Gupta, who was forced to admit his colleagues should have not made such claims. Lemon was on the defensive and he sure was. You know, the thing is, is I watched this whole exchange. Uh, I think it was like 
three plus hours long between him and Sanjay. And it wasn't that intense. Like Joe is a very charismatic, um, I think very empathetic guy, but he's also, I mean, look, the guy is a fighter. He's got a fighter mentality. He's an alpha type you know, personality. He's outgoing as hell. And he can talk through his problems like an adult. Unlike these guys, unlike these liars who hide behind a desk, who hide behind, you know, a, a narrative of talking points like Sanjay Gupta, the fact that Sanjay went on Joe Rogan's show, man, I'm telling you right now, it, it, it kind of boggles my mind unless I look at it from the perspective of, oh, we're supposed to go out and we're supposed to argue about this and disagree, but I don't think it's had that effect. I think it's woken, you know, more people up. I think it's showed more people how bad CNN is lying. And it makes me wonder, you know, besides airports, where the sh- where's this stuff playing at? Wait, whose home is CNN on right now? Like, I, I have no idea. Quote, he said something about ivermectin that I think wasn't actually correct about CNN and lying. Lemon began like Lemon is saying that now Joe Rogan is a liar. Quote, ivermectin is a drug that is commonly used as a horse dewormer. So it's not a lie to say that the drug is used as a horse dewormer. I think it's important and it's not approved for COVID. Correct. He's asking Sanjay Gupta on his show. He's saying this, but that's not what Joe Rogan said. And that's not what CNN said. That's this whole thing thing is a lie and malice pointed this out on on rogan's show this is the lie it's you didn't say that ivermectin is a drug that is commonly used as a horse dewormer right like it's it's you're, you're saying so it's not a lie to say that the drug is used as a no what you're saying is that joe used the drug that is commonly used as a horse dewormer the, like the same equivalency not the human prescription that's the breakdown in and why this whole thing is flat on its face and a lie. And I think people are smart enough to see it. I can't believe Don Lemon thinks he's going to get away with this kind of shit. To be called a dumb motherfucker might be some of the nicest restraint that Jogan, Joe Rogan, <laughs> Jogan, Joe Rogan has ever used, for God's sakes. So he asked, he's like, it's important and it's not approved, correct? Like it's not approved for off-label basically is what he's saying. And he knows, he knows he's doing this. And Gupta, oh man, I'll tell you right now. Sanjay Gupta, if you ever hear this, man, I, I, I'll, Joe Rogan gave you a lot of credit while Michael Malice was on the show that you're a good guy, that you're a neurosurgeon, that you don't understand this kind of stuff. He kind of just said, you know, like super, super smart guy, but like your world is neurosurgery and, and medicine and you don't understand the propaganda and the politics. And I think that is absolutely giving you, I don't know, I don't see how you can be super, super duper smart on this and be somebody who is part of a network organization. Because trust me, I know plenty of people who have 12 pound brains that can't tie their shoes, that can't, you know, go back and forth between their specialty and their field and their craft like engineers and people who don't speak engineer, right? Like I, a lot of times I do that for a living, right? Like I go talk to the engineers and I go talk to lay people all the time. And Sanjay Gupta 
he he has that. He can do that. He can go from lay person to his field of neurology, and he can you know he can go back and forth. He can dumb things down. He can he can digest. And for Sanjay Gupta to get that kind of credit from Joe Rogan after Joe, you know, like has had him on the show and called him out and all that kind of stuff, I think speaks platitudes about how probably just a good person Joe Rogan is. Like Joe Rogan is looking to de-escalate. He's looking to give people the benefit of the doubt whenever he can and, and sometimes maybe overly so. And it's not a bad tactic. I, I mean, it's it's like the Sun Tzu, you know, build your enemy a golden bridge of retreat. Like, here it is, man. I'm giving you another shot again and again and again. Stop doing this. Stop stop screwing with me. Stop screwing with the the audiences that are out there. Stop screwing with the people. And I, I commend Joe for having this talent, this ability, and this empathy for doing that. Now, I'm not going to be the same. Like I think Sanjay Gupta is a bought and paid for shill. I think when he was confronted, uh, he acted like a complete beta. I think he is very adept from that conversation. When you see Sanjay's, you know, body posture where he kind of like leans forward, he's like, "Oh, we're going so fast, we're going so fast." He's trying to manipulate the discussion to move it off of what he has said and what CNN has done to Joe and to their audience and he's trying to deflect and he's trying to dodge and he's trying to, you know, move this conversation away from answering the direct, direct question. Do you think that's it's important that your network lied about me taking horse dewormer is what Joe was talking about. And he, man, he, he, he's finally came out and said, yeah, I, I, they shouldn't have said that. Right. Well, you're the chief medical correspondent and you could have come out and said, this is wrong before going on Joe Rogan. And you didn't. Now, he's given him all the credit. Joe Rogan has given Gupta all the credit in the world. So when Don Lemon comes out and says some bullshit like, you know, it, it, it is horse dewormer, correct? And it's it's off label, correct? Like, that's what we said in the first place. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Right, Sanjay? Instead of Sanjay going, no, you fucking lied. You told blatant lies on here. And I got corrected in front of an audience 10 times your size for having this conversation, for, for letting this slip, for letting this slide on my watch. I'm not going to do it again. And you're misrepresenting what you said in the first ta- in the first place, Don Lemon. That's why Sanjay Gupta should have said it if he had a spine, if he had any morality, any ethics, any principle at all. He would have said that. But he fucking went the other way. And this is where I think the separation where I'll take from Joe is Sanjay comes up and goes, that's right. Gupta responded, quote, it's not approved. COVID and you're right even the FDA put out a statement saying basically reminding people it's a strange sort of message FDA but but said you're not a horse you're not a cow stop taking this stuff is essentially what they said referring to ivermectin now I think Joe's point is that and he gets cut off lemon interjects quote 
that it's been approved for humans, but not necessarily for COVID, right? So he's he's pushing him. He's he's badgering him. Like he's going to make a point, but Sanjay lets him, you know, like lets him cut him off. Like says, stop talking. Basically, you're about to make a point that we don't want to make here on CNN. We're trying to twist and manipulate and lie to the people who watch this show, who are scared to death at home, and and who we're manipulating effectively. Don't don't give. Joe Rogan any clout don't give him you know anything of 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 substantive medical backing I'm going to interrupt you and I'm going to say I'm going to double down here and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to ask the question again but it has not been approved for humans necessarily for COVID right and that's when Sanjay came back and said that's correct Gupta continued it's been used for a parasitic disease. It's called river blindness, and it's been very effective for that. But, you know, just because it works for one thing doesn't mean it works for something else. <gasps> Sanjay! Sanjay, you were about to do a good thing. You were about to show a little bit of backbone. You were about to show that maybe, maybe you had some principle. But, man, you absolutely fucking blew it. I mean, out of the goddamn water, blew it. Yeah. The thing is, Sanjay is like, when you do this and Joe gave you all that latitude, the golden bridge of retreat, and you go out and you placate and, I don't know, patronize your audiences, you deserve to fail. You deserve to be ridiculed. You deserve to be mocked. You be, you deserve to be, you know, drug on the internet. This, this is, I have absolutely no sympathy. I have no trust for you whatsoever. The fact that you would get this kind of, I don't know, wiggle room from Joe and then go back and let Don Lemon, the, the mentally bankrupt, principally destitute liar over at CNN manipulate you like this and you just nod your head that's correct that's correct Don you're correct no he's not he's a fucking liar this is this is quote uh this is what is so funny about that they don't understand that when they say things that are absolutely untrue Oh, I, I, I skipped a little paragraph. On Tuesday's installment of the Joe Rogan Experience, this is the one with Michael Malice, Joe Rogan fired back at Lemon as well at it and his network. Quote, this is from Rogan. This is what's so funny about that. They don't understand that when they say things that are absolutely untrue, it diminishes their authority. They're not even aware of what they're doing, Rogan said. Quote, when Don Lemon goes on with Sanjay Gupta and says, actually, it really is veterinary medicine. It really is horse dewormer. This is the lie. He goes, it's not a lie. So uh, to say it's also used for horse medicine, but it's not what you said. Uh, Michael Malice is, this is uh, the quote from Michael Malice. You didn't, you didn't, uh, you didn't, you say this drug, which is also used for horses of what relevance is that is, is he's asking the question and he's like, obviously 
It's not. Rogan responded, it doesn't have any relevance. It's exactly what you're talking about with penicillin, with the gigantic number of medicines that also have veterinary applications. But by doing that, you just you just proved my point. They don't even understand what they just did. You think no one's like going to going to end with you because it used to be that way. They would say something and no one would have recourse. But when you're saying something and then the person you're saying it about literally has 10 times the audience that you do, you dumb motherfucker, you know what you did? You just proved my point. And he's exactly right. He just you. You're going to you're going to take on a guy that is going to put out more content to more people across the entire world than you are Don Lemon and Sanjay. Like this is this is the problem. And CNN, if you're looking to revamp your image, I know plenty of people that are happy to go on and at least try their absolute best to get the audience real information a i don't know at least a carefully studied experience right because that's not what cnn is now cnn you've turned into pure propaganda and you don't deserve one viewer not one Rogan went on uh, to give CNN some advice, uh, and, and he even gave Jeff Zucker credit. Now, here's here's the thing is, during this time, I want to give a lot of credit during this to Michael Malice. Michael Malice was absolutely holding Joe's feet to the fire when he was like, Joe was talking about how this organization at CNN and, and, a, and a lot of the propaganda, right? It's just a machine. And Michael Malice was making the point of like, no, no, man, it's not. It's the people who are doing it. It's the individual. There is a responsibility within the core of people to do the right thing, to tell the truth, to not tell lies and to not double down. And, you know, Joe was pushing back. I mean, it was this, it was this, you know, thing between them. And, you know, Joe's like, I'm going to spark up a joint right now, right? Like, so I don't know. I don't alleviate some of the the seriousness of where that conversation was going. I think maybe I don't know. Subconsciously, I, I I don't know, but I can tell you right now, it made Joe uncomfortable when you know Michael Malice was sitting there saying, "Hey, Joe, um, you know this this is a real problem, and it comes down to the individual who's doing it." Now there's and the thing is, is there's a responsibility. Jeff Zucker's got responsibility. The producers have responsibility. And the anchors who are telling these ridiculous fabrications and spinning things in terms of their own narrative have a responsibility. That's it. To their, I mean, not only to their audience, just in terms of putting out information that is consumed by other people, right? Like podcasters, we don't always get things right. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm biased. I have I have a liberty message. I have a self, you know, responsibility, independence type of message. That's the way I look at the world. I want people to be free. I want people to not be scared. I want people to be, you know, brave in the face of fear. I want people to be to look at situations and go, I'm going to get through this. And I'm going to get through this with my family. I'm going to get through this with myself. I'm going to get through this with my community. I'm going to get through this because I believe that it is a matter of time and I'm learning a lesson. 
That's not what CNN wants. That's not, I mean, and, 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 and for Joe, like, like I said, Joe's got a lot of good things, but a lot of times, a lot of admirable principle and, and properties in a great show. And I, I, I credit his, you know, like his success to those things, but I'll tell you right now, this is, this is one of the main problems I've always had with Joe and he's come a long way. I will say that Joe is not willing a lot of times to sit there and call this what it is to, to, to make an excuse for an organization like CNN and Sanjay Gupta and Don Lemon or any of these people that go out day after day after day with the amount of information that is out there for consumption and just read it. It's, it's not only is it a lie, I think it's criminal. And I say that because I think this is genocide. I think that when you look at what CNN and all these major you know, corporations in the government have done together with trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. They're going to cause a genocide. And I mean, I don't know what constitutes a genocide. Are we, are we looking at a million? Because we're over a million people. How many people could have been treated by things like therapeutics like ivermectin that costs, I don't know, 20 cents a pill. If places like CNN, Don Lemon, Sanjay Gupta, Mark Zucker weren't sitting there calling it horse dewormer and livestock medicine. How many people could have been treated prior to infection? During the, 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 the first part of their infection? And maybe even in critical care. How many? We will never, ever, ever, ever know. But I'm telling you, all the deaths that these guys put up on the screen is going to be their own undoing because as this stuff gets out, as the information gets out that over 200 people in Congress have been treated with ivermectin gets out. Oh, I don't think people are going to be as human as empathetic as merciful as I would be. And I think this is a giant, giant problem for you people. The people that have peddled these lies, the people who have stayed silent in positions of power, I think you are in for the guillotines. I think you're in for, I think you're in for the, the hangman's noose. I think you're in for a lot of persecution and pain and suffering. And I think people aren't going to be those people like myself who are going to call for peace and say, listen, you know, at the end of the day, we got to be better than them. I don't think people are going to be like that. I don't think people are going to call for mercy upon your sick, evil souls to where they put you in possibly a cage or in the middle of the wilderness and say, Hey, listen, we're not going to kill you, but you're not going to be among us anymore. You can either take a trip out to the middle of the wilderness, maybe, I don't know, Alaska, the Yukon somewhere up there where you can, I don't know, have, have some time with your thoughts. Maybe we'll drop you off in spring um, where, I don't know, you can, you can fend off the bears that are coming out of the dens that are hungry. You can survive off the land, maybe do some introspection 
on what it's like to be human being, right? What it's like to struggle, what it's like to be, I don't know, isolated from people. What it's like to not know if you're going to be able to survive. Does it sound familiar? Because that's the position that all of you in power, that all of you propagandists have put millions and millions and millions of people in over these last two years. And literally, like just here in America, let's face it, like you guys have put other people to death by the millions. And now you're putting people to death through ignorance and lies. Dropping you off in, in the Yukon wilderness or putting you in a cell, that's about as kind as I'm willing to get. That's, that's the mercy that I'm willing to show. And I don't think most people are going to give you that kind of mercy. The article goes on. Joe says, quote, they need better people. They need people that are respected because it's not that CNN is beyond repair. Yes, it is. CNN is beyond repair, I think, Joe. Look, I know Jeff Zucker. He's a nice guy. He's a great guy. No, he's not, Joe. He's not a good guy. It's just there. It's like they're everything else. These people are managed at scale. No, there's people making decisions. There's people making decisions to run their mouth, Joe. Every day they get on CNN. Every day they talk about horse dewormer and livestock medicine. And then they absolutely omit things like natural immunity, like being not obese, like not being, you know, like I decrepit and, and, and having morbidities brought on by bad health. They never talk about those things. They talk about one thing and one thing only, and that is a vaccine. They are bad. They are not managed at scale. Each one of those people is responsible for the actions that they carry out. And, but you can't allow people to say things that are absolutely untrue when you are a fucking news organization. All right, yeah, go with that. The, the, the last sentence, you nailed it, Joe. This is Joe going on. And it's not about my feelings. I like it when my feelings get hurt. How about that? I like it. I hurt my own feelings. Like there's not a fucking human being that's a worse critic of me than me, all right? That's not what the problem is, Rogan added. I agree. Like Joe Rogan is uncancelable because of this, right? Like Joe Rogan is his own worst critic. He will always be his own worst critic and nobody's going to ever be able to top that. Now, CNN uh, obviously came back and made statements and all that fun stuff. And I'm going to read that real quick because I think this is the part that is the kicker at the end of this article. CNN has remained defiant amid criticism over its coverage of Rogan offering a fiery statement on the Washington Post media critic uh, Eric Weppel. Quote, the heart of this debate has been purposely confused and ultimately lost by CNN. CNN told Whipple on Thursday, it's never been about livestock versus human dosages of ivermectin. No, it's just you've always said it's always been livestock. The issue is that a powerful voice in the media who, by example, and through his platform, sowed doubt and the proven and approved science of vaccines while promoting the use of an unproven treatment for COVID-19, a drug developed to ward off parasites and farm animals. It's an antiviral. And what are we fighting? We're fighting a virus, novel virus, right? Holy hell. How, how could that guy do such a thing? 
How could he undermine the talking points and the state? It's that's the thing, man. Like you guys, you don't ever cover another point of view. It's one point of view. It's fear, 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 fear. And that's it. That's it. You have confused the issue because you have reported CNN that it is a livestock and, and horse dewormer medication. You've never, ever talked about the human dosages. You've never talked about any of those studies. Joe called you guys out on it. You got absolutely flattened and torched everywhere. And people know you're full of shit. And I'm glad. I am glad to see this coming undone. I, oh man, we are pushing through this amazingly tragic comedy that you guys have brought upon yourself and the, pa- the fact that people have stayed peaceful during this whole thing like I, I cannot for the life of me that is such a great thing to be able to sit here and talk about quote and finish this article quote the only thing cnn did wrong here was bruise the ego of a popular podcaster who pushed dangerous conspiracy theories and risked the lives of millions of people in doing so. Oh, that's not going to age well. That's going to come back and bite you guys in the ass because the only thing that you guys have done is push a vaccine. And from what I've seen from a director of, I don't know, um, let's see, the... Uh, the, the, the ball guy that's on Fox it, uh, is the uh, I don't know, chief health guy up in Maryland now. He used to be the former CDC guy, bald guy, beard, weird looking dude. He's talking about 40% of the people who are fully vaccinated. Uh, I, I'm sorry, 40% of the people who are dying in Maryland are fully vaccinated. That's crazy. Crazy. In Israel, in Singapore, with the highest vaccination, like fully vaccinated status, people are dying in record numbers, huge numbers. They, did, they didn't say that. They were saying you're less likely to be hospitalized or die, right? Like the chance that you were going to die, you would have just some small symptoms. Well, guess what? Most people only have small symptoms anyway. You guys are pushing a narrative still after all of this. People are dropping off. People are dropping off left and right. I'm already 52 minutes into this. So I'm going to spend a little bit of time on the Chappelle thing. That really kind of wraps it up for the Joe Rogan. Um, But I'm telling you, I mean, it's not going to get better for CNN. It's not. It's going to be one of those things that they absolutely get crushed over. So um, I did want to point out, like, I think it's absolutely sick um, that they're not only doubling, tripling, and and continuing to, to push this narrative, but now... Uh, the FDA uh, has, I think, um, approved uh, the application of the Pfizer uh, shot to five to eleven year olds. Now, I'm going to tell you, these people are sick. These people are evil. They are. They, they're. I, there's no word for how evil these people are. There's no problem in children. There's no pandemic in children. There never has been a pandemic in children. Um, the idea that you're going to take these unproven shots and put them into kids the fact that it's the same group of people that are pushing that and i don't know type of uh hormone therapy into young children and adolescent children you guys are weird you guys are very reminiscent of fabian socialists and fabian socialists they did a lot of really fucked up shit to people 
over time, right? Like you guys are the new Fabian socialists. You want to alter people's DNA. You want to, you want to do things to people's bodies. I mean, young, old, middle age, you guys are down for changing natural beings is when it comes down to natural beings. You are who you are, right? Like that's the thing is you are who you are. We are, we are a absolute miracle, each and every one of us. To be standing here today, you are the product of years and years and years of genetic compensation for things like viruses and bacteria and elements and nature in the natural world. And I'm telling you, I think a lot of your ancestors, the people that kind of, you know, just barely barely eked out livings to give you this moment in time and history to sit here and say we need to we need to scrap everything we did we need to change everything we need to alter dna we need to we need to you know put things into people's bodies that changes their natural humanity Not, and that's the thing is I, I'm not talking about, you know, like taking a drug to get better sometimes like penicillin. Um, I talk about things like psilocybin and, and cannabis, things that are naturally occurring on this earth. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about fundamental change in people's DNA. And you guys are sprinting at that like it's like it's yours. Like somehow you created people. It's like somehow you're responsible for this natural world and how we are in, in, in natural beings. Now, listen, if, if you want to do this to yourself and you're of age and you're, you know, you're informed or not informed, I don't care. Like that's, that's on you. But to do this stuff to children, oh, you guys are fucking evil. Evil, evil, evil. As evil as the day is long. Fucking just the worst kind of evil on this planet. This is the type of evil that results in genocides over and over and over throughout history. And you want to mandate it. Make no mistake. As soon as this is, you know, pushed out um, and it is quote unquote approved through quote emergency powers for kids five to 11 years old. Magic number, huh? Five years old. What happens at five years old? Most kids in America are taken through force or coercion to a government indoctrination camp. We call school the Prussian model. You think it's not going to be mandatory in a lot of states? It won't be in Florida. Probably won't be in Texas. Uh, we will do everything here in Georgia to make sure that it is not um, and I'll tell you right now, if I'm governor, <laughs> no, hell no, not a fucking chance. No way. But I'll tell you right now, Democrats want to do it and Republicans don't do anything to stop them because they're spineless jellyfish. This is coming and they're sick. Now, I wanted to talk about the Chappelle thing. Um, I know I'm 57 minutes in. I watched all of it. Like I said in the beginning of the show, I think Chappelle is absolutely a genius. 
in terms of not only his his comedy, but his foresight. This guy has earned, I mean, earned, and I mean every bit of it earned his place among the greats because he has set this up over time. He has set up, you know, the outrage cancel culture machine over time to expose it in his, you know, in his final networks, in his in his final network, you know, comedy show, The Closer. Now I listen. I've 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 seen it all. I like I'm a fan. I've seen what Dave has done, and I know that some people have, you know, mixed feelings. I know some people that absolutely can't stand Dave Chappelle for what they think he's done to the trans alphabet community, right? Like the LBGQ community. Maybe this is my opportunity to speak to you guys. I had this conversation with my kids and listen, I think at some point everybody feels like an outsider, right? Like even when you do well in life, you, you feel like an outsider. Like, listen, like I'm, am I in the Liberty movement? Am I in, in, in the, the Mises caucus? I am, but I'll tell you right now, I, I still feel like an outsider most of the time, guys. Um, I think I'm finding success because I'm talking about things in a very real way. And, and, I'm, I'm, and I'm telling you guys from, you know, from inside what I see, what I digest and, and, and what I think about. And I think that's what resonates with people. And I, I hope this does. I hope this, this talk with a lot of the people that I know are in this audience that are gay, that are trans. Listen, I'm not here to poke fun i'm not here to like laugh at the 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 hard life i know that you have lived like i was a kid in the 80s and i used to call everything gay right i used to do that all the time until i was corrected by a canadian cousin who's like do you think it's bad to be gay and we had a great conversation about it and you know i i i took a moment to pause and it was so, it was like, I, I will never forget this, you know, this moment in my life where I was like, hmm, yeah, you're right. And then, you know, later on, uh, I think I was listening to Neil Bortz and Neil Bortz was making, you know, a point. It's like, when do you think people chose to be gay? When did you choose to be straight? Do you remember? It was, I mean, obviously a momentous, um, you know, monumental occasion in your life. It's a very important day. Do you remember that? You don't remember that, man. You just remember liking, you know, Johnny or Susie on the playground, right? Like, oh, she's a cute little girl, right? You, you were like somewhat attracted to somebody of the opposite sex for the first time. And for a lot of people, that was the same sex, right? So listen, back then, that was extremely hard. It was extremely hard to be honest with anybody. And I'm, I'm sure even today as growing up as a kid, like being a kid's tough, man. Being a kid in government indoctrination camps is extremely hard because those places aren't, they're not real. They're fake. They're, they're forced and they're coerced and they're, they're a lie. So to be gay or to want to be trans or 
being trans. Like I understand, like I'm, I'm not like, I don't understand from being that obviously, but I understand from a outsider's perspective, how mean kids can be. And I understand the ridicule. I understand all that kind of stuff is not something that feels good. I mean, and I'll tell you from my, you know, personal experience, you know, like I wasn't like growing up, I was kind of, I mean, I'm still a dork, right? I mean, seriously, guys, like I've done some cool stuff and it's not because, you know, I, I don't know, like, it's not because I was part of the cool crowd. Like I was, you know, one of those guys that would go out and I'd hang out with anybody and I, and I, and I moved around in terms of like social groups growing up because I thought it was cool to, to have conversations to meet people, to hang out with people in different groups all the time. And I mean, it's kind of just been the story of my life. I mean, I've traveled extensively. I've done things and gone places. Like as soon as I was able to leave home, like most people went to UGA. I went to West Georgia University to, to get away from it, to, to meet new people. Went to the Marine Corps and went into, um, you know, uh, force reconnaissance, like to meet people from all over the country and then to move to a different area than, you know, a lot of people where I grew up lived and, and, and continuing just to, you know, move outside of the same circles that I've always been in and I'm, and I'm still doing it. Like I, I, I understand, you know, being an outsider, I understand not fitting in. I understand the ridicule. I understand being hated. I understand those things. So what I'm about to say, I hope makes an impact on you so that things like, you know, comedy specials aren't things that ruin your life, aren't things that, that give you consternation, aren't things that divide you from other people. One of the greatest things for me growing up was my, my, my dad's words of wisdom. And those words of wisdom, you know, were basically sticks and stones appropriately also one of Dave Chappelle's comedy special names, right? Like it, it was one of those things where he was like, Hey man, sticks and stones, right? Like come in with hurt feelings, somebody that, you know, was your friend, um, you know, maybe a girl in the neighborhood or who, who knows somebody has broken your heart by either excluding you, calling you names, being mean, whatever. And he would say, listen, you got to learn to laugh at yourself, kid. You got to learn to to give out more in terms of criticism of yourself than, than they do, right? Like, and don't get me wrong, mom, I, I'm sure you're out there listening. Mom was always there for a good hug. And, and you know, like, if you ever, like, you get, you're a little kid and you cried, you know, because let's face it, like, men shut that shit off. Even even teenagers kind of shut that shit off. Like mom was there to, to soothe you. Your dad was there to give you the life lesson. Like, listen, the world's going to try to fucking kill you. The, the world is going to berate you. It's going to ridicule you. It is going to try to stomp on your dreams. It is going to call you names. The question is, is it true? What do you believe? Can you? Can you defy? Can you live inside of your own brain? Can you can you give out more criticism, more humor 
than the guy that comes up to you. And, and this is the example, like, you know, when, when somebody can, you know, we'll, we'll take a punch at you and, and, you know, like, I don't know, take a jab at you, whether it's being mean or whether it's in jest. And a lot of times this is a very fine line that can be moved very quickly, even in that situation. Somebody calls you name, right? And they, and they, they point out, hey, man, you know, you, I don't, people criticize me for being bald all the time. I have no idea. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I, I, I know, right? Like, I, I know. I've been, I'm going to look, I'm going to look the same almost my entire life. My, my beard color might change, but for the majority of my life, I'm going to be a bald white guy. Like, okay. That's, that's, that's your criticism of, of who I am and, and what I am. I'm like, boy, you're not funny at, at all. Like, let me tell you about, you know, some of the, the really fucked up things about me, right? Like, let me tell you about how I can't eat, you know, like chocolate without getting it all over my face. Like I, you know, like I drew on it, like I'm a you know, four year old, right. Having this first, you know, smash cake or something like let me tell you about all the things that I don't do well at all. Let, let, me, let me show you my inadequacies. Let me make fun of my inadequacies. Let me show you that you got nothing on me. And I'm okay with anything that you're ever going to say because why? You're not going to ever get inside my head. I am my own worst critic like Joe was talking about. I've always been my own worst quit critic ever since I learned that from my father. Be your own worst critic. Be the person that can make fun of yourself. Be the person that can out make fun of anybody that makes fun of you, that drags you, that torches you. Like, man, you know yourself better than anybody. You think anybody else can have fun at your expense better than you can? Be self-deprecating better than you can? Forget it. Forget it. The reason why people like Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr and and Joe Rogan are un you know like you can't cancel these guys because they don't fucking care, right? Like they don't give a shit what you think at the end of the day, and that's not a bad thing. You should be the same. That's what gives you power. That's what gives you the the drive to follow your passion. It's what it's what creates genius. If you don't believe in yourself and you're going to allow somebody else to wreck your day, to live inside of your headspace, boy, it's going to be a long, 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 miserable, unfunny fucking life, man. Like, I don't know. It's a terrible way to live. You got to control what goes on in your own mind. And the, the best way to do that is to be able to give back as good as you get it. And I'm not saying attack another person. I'm saying point out the inadequacy in the attack that somebody's just made against you. That's not an attack. Are you kidding me? Boy, like that's, that's an easy thing for me to absorb and deflect and one up, right? If you're bad at, if you're seen as bad and, and inadequate at making fun of people, people don't care. They lose all power right there. They lose every bit of power. Might it throw you for a loop sometimes? It might. Might you have to digest it later. 
but in front of people, when something like this happens, man, you got to be able to shrug it off. You got to be a lot more thick skinned. You got to be that person that can change that situation. And if you can do that, you might actually earn a friend, right? Like Daphne Dorman, the, the guy that Chappelle talks about in a special, the, the, the trans uh, that he put up on stage, completely bombed, but was always, always, always in his audience, always, that, that loved his comedy and basically said, you know, like, I just need you to believe that I'm a person, right? Like I'm going through some stuff. That's that, like, that's all Daphne wanted from Dave Chappelle. Didn't care if she bombed or not. What you're doing at that point is saying, man, all right, I see. I see your humanity at that point. I understand, you know, like, listen, you've gone through some things yourself, right? If you can give back to people on yourself as good as they give it to you, if you can make fun of yourself better than other people can in response to them making fun of you, like it shows mercy. It shows this, this resilience. It shows them the golden bridge of retreat that we've talked about, right? They get to, they get to take a moment and they get to, to diffuse the situation. They get to, to, to sit there and, and almost wink at their accuser metaphorically, right? Like, I got this. Don't worry. I know you've gone through some stuff in your life. I know you're probably not really mad at me. I, you're probably mad at all those fucking kids that were assholes in, in school, in government indoctrination camps. You're probably mad at them. You're probably mad at the teenagers. You're probably mad at the people that hurt your feelings when maybe you took a leap of faith and tried to go out um, of your way to tell somebody you cared about them in a uh, not so platonic way, in a, in, in, a, in a sexual way, right? Like you got to take those leaps. And a lot of times, um, let's face it, you know, as two or three percent of the population um, in, in a gay community or even smaller community in, in terms of trans a lot of times you guys have been met with failure in those departments just because uh, maybe you perceive somebody as gay or trans and you were wrong and it didn't work out. Maybe you're mad about that still. Maybe you're mad about things that have absolutely nothing to do with Dave Chappelle. And Dave Chappelle sat there and told you, hey, man, I see you guys as people. I really do. I wish that you saw us as people too, right? Like a lot of times he was talking about the, the trans and the gay community punching down on the black community. And obviously Dave's gone through some stuff as well, right? Like we have to start seeing each other. Like that way, we have to be able to laugh at each other. We have to be able to laugh more so at ourselves. If we can laugh at ourselves, if we can all admit that this is just, this life is one giant tragic comedy together, we're going to do better. And I say that with proof because I look at comedians, right? 
like I look at Joe, I look at Dave, I look at all of these amazing comedians that are out there that get up and they share stages and they share drinks behind stage and laughs and all this kind of stuff. And guess what? They come from every walk of life. And here's the thing is, there are a lot of things that I don't agree with Dave Chappelle on. There are a lot of things I don't agree with Dave, Joe Rogan on. There are a lot of things I don't agree with Bill Burr on. But they can at least have a conversation. They can at least laugh at themselves first. And that's why they're great. That's why they're uncancelable. And un, you, you cannot cancel these people. You'll never be able to because they're never, ever, ever going to let you be those people, be the people that no one can cancel you, be the people that laugh at this kind of stuff, be the people that laugh at yourself. That's what this world needs a lot more of. It needs a lot less control. It needs a lot more free speech, and it needs a lot more people who are able to laugh at themselves. I'm going to wrap it up there. If you love the show, go out and support it. Patreon.com slash Radical Pod. I could use all of your help if you uh, want to leave me a five-star review on Apple. I'd really, really appreciate it. Like and subscribe and all that fun stuff to everything um, and share it. I mean, chop it up, share it with your friends, all that great stuff. And uh, I can't thank you guys enough. I had another appearance on Kennedy this week. If you want to go out and see it, um, there are probably some links out there. Outside of that, I will get you guys the, uh, the homesteading Helios podcast maybe later today um maybe tomorrow we'll see i got a lot of stuff to do i gotta go put calipers and brakes on my car in the garage right now i mean you guys you have no idea the amount of just work that's ahead of me oh backbreaking but uh i wish you guys a great thursday and i will catch you back here later this week i love you i need you peace um don't hurt people and don't take their stuff